When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. Here we become students of marriage in order to create healthy, long-lasting relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Smith, and in today's episode, we discuss the silent killer in relationships, shame. The past three years of my life have been chock full of epiphanies, self-discoveries, hard choices, and transformations. As I edge closer to my 30s, I have this sneaky suspicion that the crystalline I was will be unrecognizable to the crystalline I am becoming. Transformation and healing requires that a person take a deep look into themselves and face all their hurt broken versions of themselves that have been ignored. As I continue to do the work necessary to transform and heal, there are many things that have been exposed. One of the recent things is shame. Shame has been so deeply rooted and embedded that I had no clue it existed. Unlike some of the other personal monsters I have had to face, shame hasn't been super noticeable in my life and relationships. Instead, it has been like a slow leaking faucet just unnoticeably dripping in the background of negative patterns. Some of those patterns include issues with apologizing, perfectionism, procrastination, and defensiveness. These have all led back to a common culprit, shame. So what does shame have to do with relationships and marriage anyways? It actually has a lot to do with relationships and marriage. In the past two years or so, I have found that my issue with shame have been subtly creeping into my marriage and I have been none the wiser. Hint why I'm calling this episode the silent killer. I believe that if these issues continue in our relationship, whether in the background or the forefront, that it's not going to end well. At its core, shame affects connection, which is a foundational piece of any relationship. Shame tells you that if my spouse, if my spouse finds out who I truly am, then they will not love me. So instead, I will hide. For this episode, I would like to discuss what shame is, what it looks like, my ongoing experience with shame and its effect on my marriage, and what experts say we can do to overcome shame. So I originally was planning on recording an episode about heartbreak in marriage, but um, because Black Marriage Therapy for me is a big part of my creative outlet, I felt that this would be a safe place for me to express myself. The topic I'm discussing today is very raw and, you know, recent in my life. So the episode may not be as polished as some of the other episodes that you have listened to thus far. So let's get into it. 
So what is shame? I'm not going to lie, y'all. For some reason, this emotion is so complex to me. It is a universal common emotion that everyone except psychopaths have experienced, yet it is actually pretty complex. Um, And I think it's complex because I'm having trouble understanding my own experience with shame and what it looks like. So for me, when I think about shame, I think of like embarrassment and, you know, I made a mistake or, you know, things like that. And for me, I just didn't feel like I had a lot of those experiences. So I was just a little bit confused as to like how complex shame can actually be because it doesn't always show up the way people may think it will. Um, in my little bit of research, because I'm still learning so much about this and I realized that I have so much work to do. Um, in my little bit of research, I'm finding that some of the habits that I mentioned before, such as procrastination, perfectionism, um, those negative patterns are actually, um, are actually indicative of shame. And another one is like hyper-independence or self-reliance, you know, not wanting to ask for help and, you know, just doing everything yourself. That's actually the root of those things are shame. And, and that's why for me, I'm like, wow, this thing might be a little bit more complex than I thought. One of the leading um, researchers current leading researchers of um, shame, fear, and vulnerability is Dr. Brene Brown. And bro, she has like seven books and she's really, really good at what she does. But she has a definition of shame and um, her definition is intensely intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. So what does shame look like? Shame can come up in so many different ways. Um, Some people get angry. Some people shut down. Some people, you know, may get defensive. There's so many different ways, but they have um, research. Actually, the researchers who have studied shame have kind of categorized um, the reactions to shame or responses to shame in three different ways. The first one is you move away from it. So you isolate, don't talk about it, keep secrets. The second one is you move towards it. This is where people pleasing and codependency show up. So if you have like people pleasing issues, um, the core of that may be shame. Um, the third one is you move against it. You fight back and try to hurt the other hurt the other person as bad as you hurt. And that's when you'll see people get really angry, defensive, blaming, um, things like that. So Brene Brown, again, I'm going to mention her a lot because her research is like the most current right now. She calls these responses to shame, the shame shields. Um, no matter which one you do, you're moving away from your true self and connection with your partner and those you love. In my personal experience, I believe that um, when I feel shamed, I when I feel the emotion of shame, I definitely move away from it, um, isolate, don't talk about it, keep secrets, that type of thing. And I feel like what I'm realizing now, and this is why I said this is so raw, guys. Like it's hard to like make this all polished because this is just a recent development that I'm realizing like I have spent so much of my life hiding parts of myself because I just don't feel safe. I don't I don't feel safe enough with anyone to fully reveal myself 
and feel like I'm going to be loved and received. And that at its core is what shame is. And I have been practicing this for as long as I can remember, probably since childhood, to the point where I am completely oblivious that it is there. This whole time I'm thinking that who I am or the person that I've created myself to be is who I truly am. But no, I created this version of myself so that I can stay safe, so that I can feel like this version is the version of myself that people will love. And therefore, I will always put this version out. It's this perfect version. It's uh, a version that doesn't break any rules, doesn't do anything wrong, has control, is cool, copacetic, you know, like can keep their cool, whatever that thing is. That's the version of myself that I created in order for my, for me to feel love and belonging. And it's, I mean, it's just so crazy to me that basically this thing has lied dormant this whole time. And it's not, if not for these recent situations in my life and the trouble that my husband and I are in. And I, when I say trouble, I don't mean like on the brink of divorce. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, bickering and like feeling disconnected and things like that. Like something is off. Like we're going on 10 years and it, something just feels a little bit off. If it wasn't for those things, I probably would not have looked deep into this. I would just keep on moving with my life, thinking that the shell of myself that I've created is who that is, who I am. Not knowing that my full self has not even been revealed yet, which is so crazy to me. Like, I don't know. This this is all so raw, guys. So the next thing, how does it affect relationships? So based off of my reading and my research and what I'm learning so far is that shame affects the way you connect to somebody. In order to have meaningful connection with a person, there requires vulnerability. And vulnerability is something that we've talked about in this um, show before. So um, you you may have heard me saying like vulnerability is nakedness, is being raw, is being authentic. In order to connect, you need vulnerability. Um, what happens with shame is shame shame does not allow you to be vulnerable. Shame tells you to hide. Shame tells you to cover parts of yourself. So if you're continuously hiding or covering parts of yourself, it hinders connection. So when it comes to relationship that requires, especially marriage, that is a necessity for you to be vulnerable for you guys to connect and have intimacy, shame is a detriment to that. So here is um, a real example. I've been able to kind of like recognize one triggers one trigger of like shame for me. My husband may come to me. No, before my even before my husband even comes to me, shame starts in your mind. Okay, and this is this is all what I'm learning. It starts in your mind. If I am struggling that week and I'm noticing like, wow, I got to juggle the kids. I got to juggle home, uh, school. I got to juggle cooking and housework. And I got to juggle like being a wife and connecting to my husband, things like that. I'm already feeling those emotions in my, in my head, in my heart. And I'm feeling like, man, I am failing. If my husband comes to me and says, hey, I feel like we're not connecting, I feel like I've been missing you or whatever, 
because I feel ashamed and I want to hide, I may get defensive and say, don't you see that I'm busy? Like, don't you see that there's so many things going on? Like, can't you just take care of yourself or can't you just like wait and be patient? You know, I may get upset and just respond out of the shame, out of that emotion. Um, and because I'm hiding the true weakness, that true, um, issue that I'm having where I'm like, oh my gosh, I do feel overwhelmed and I do feel like I'm juggling a lot. I'm hiding that. I basically cut off an option or opportunity for my husband and I to connect because instead I could have been authentic and say, hey, listen, I'm really feeling like I'm overwhelmed. I'm really feeling like, um, I'm really feeling bad that I cannot juggle everything and that I cannot connect with you and spend time with you. Right. And we, and I, that vulnerability can be an opportunity for us to connect and for us to deal with it or things like that. But instead my shame tells me to hide, fight, you know, and kind of like push him away instead of bring him closer. Um, that's one example. Another example I, I have that I've noticed is that, again, starting from the same thing, which is like, oh my goodness, like, I feel like my daughter hasn't had the healthiest meals. Right. And (laughs) I feel bad. I feel bad that she hasn't had the healthiest meals this week. Like we've had, we've gone through Chick-fil-A drive-through a little bit too many times this week. So I'm feeling bad about that. So I tried to make her a healthy meal. Right. And it's like, you know, some brown rice pasta and a little bit of red meat, red sauce or whatever. And my daughter doesn't eat it. My husband may say, oh, babe, I don't think she likes it. I don't think she likes it. Maybe we should try to give her something else. And I get so upset and I just like get defensive and say, oh, no, how do you know she doesn't like it? She eats red red pasta all the time. Why wouldn't she like it? I'm bickering. I'm arguing. And again, my shame, which I want to hide and cower, like cover myself from because I feel so ashamed of it pushes my husband away. It's not his fault. He didn't say anything wrong, but the feelings that I already had inside my heart makes me react that way. So instead of being vulnerable and having an opportunity to connect to my husband and saying, I'm feeling so bad that, you know, you know, she hasn't had a lot of healthy meals, you know, or expressing to him, like, can you help me? Or like, can you help me find some recipes? If I'm being vulnerable and authentic, then I can pull him closer and connect with him. But instead I'm pushing him away. So there's probably like dozens of examples of, of this. This can happen like even, you know, it with sex, this can happen with communication. If, I feel like maybe I hurt my husband's feelings and he tries to hold me accountable. If I feel judged, then I may react in shame. And again, disconnection, disconnection, disconnection. And this is what I'm realizing about shame and why it's such a a detriment to your relationship. When you're dealing with shame, you are putting on glasses that just skew your perspective of how people are viewing you. You are already viewing yourself with a critical eye, super judgmental, high expectations. So you think that everyone else is looking at you the same way and therefore you actually behave and react and walk and talk as if people are looking at you like that. And 
it's just like, <laughs> I know I'm talking about it. Like, like I'm an expert. I'm not guys. I promise you, like I'm learning this and having this epiphany, like as I speak, it's just so crazy. And of course this shame comes from a place of not feeling safe. I do not feel safe enough. And what's crazy, um, what's crazy is like my husband and I, we're going on 10 years of marriage. And this is why I say, guys, we have to be students of marriage because a number does not make you a, a, have a strong relationship. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes like intentionality, right? Cause even 10 years in, I'm finding new things that can harm our relationship, things that I have to deal with, things that I have to change in order for our relationship to continue to be healthy. And unfortunately, the thing that I'm dealing with now is this crazy thing called shame. And I'm realizing that even though I've been with my husband for 10 years, I still have some parts of myself that don't feel safe enough to fully expose myself to him. There are parts of, of my life. Of course, other parts is like I'm completely free. Like I could walk around naked and, you know, things like that. But I didn't know that there were some even more deeply rooted things that I had in my heart that still, that I still don't feel 100% safe enough with him in order to expose myself and feel like, oh my gosh, he's still going to love me. I'm still going to feel um, received and feel belonging. And, you know, I'm just afraid of ridicule, humiliation, to be scorned, to be belittled. And it's like, and those things are coming from my head. It's not the way he treats me at all. It's things that's coming from my own background of trauma and all of the things, <laughs> all of the things. So speaking of my background, let's talk about my personal experience with shame right now. Um, when I first heard about shame, funny enough, like this is, I think it's ironic because when I first like was introduced to shame, it was actually by my husband. So it turns out that he was actually silently struggling with shame for the majority of his childhood and half of our marriage. Um, and I was completely unaware that he was dealing with this. I knew that he had, you know, traumatic background in his family, but I didn't know that what he was experiencing was shame. So when he finally told me, I was so sad because, you know, he kind of been dealing with it for himself. But when he had told me it was uh, at a point in his life where he had a, an epiphany, where he had a breakthrough, where he was basically in my shoes right now, where he was like, oh my gosh, like I can overcome this. I can deal with this, you know, and he was trying to work through it. Um, so that was a good thing, but I had been a little bit sad because I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know he was dealing with this all by himself. So since that time, which was about, I think like maybe I want to say almost five years ago, he has been working so hard to overcome shame. And if you can even be in recovery for, you know, mental health, you know, things, you would say it's like he's in recovery, um, you know, so he he may have like upsets here and there, but for the most part, he can recognize his triggers of shame and he knows how to deal with it and he knows how to like you know, have healthy, positive thought processes in order to um, overcome those emotions. So when my husband would express his feelings of shame, like as he was going through this journey, I could sympathize, but I could never empathize. I would think to myself, 
I don't know exactly what he means. Like, I feel, I can feel for him, but like, I, I don't know what it means to have those feelings of shame. But little did I know I was too dealing with shame. <laughs> but at that time, I had no clue that a lot of the patterns that I was experiencing, a lot of the habits and the behaviors that I was doing was connected to shame. So what I realized is that the difference between um, what my husband was experiencing is that he was very aware um, of shame. Like he was, shame was very present in his life and it was a driving force in his emotions and behaviors. But for me, on the other hand, my shame was so deeply rooted that I believed that I was completely okay and normal, Um, normal air quotes. So how did I, how did I get here? Um, How did this whole epiphany of like, oh my gosh, you might be struggling with shame happen? About two and a half years ago, when I got pregnant with my daughter, you know, I don't know if you ever heard that uh, mar- uh, that children change relationships and <laughs> not just change y'all, transform relationships and marriages, but it transform, it not only transforms your relationship, but it, al- it also transforms who you are. There's so many tests and there's so many things that come up comes up that um, have you questioning like who you are, how you were raised, how am I going to raise this child? Am I equipped? Like so many things that constantly come into mind into question. And um, it can be a really challenging time. And during this time, that's exactly what happened. This perfect version of myself that I created to just be perfect and pristine and spotless was being rattled. Um, I wasn't able to keep that spotless, perfect image that I worked so hard to build. And I I think a lot of who I was was starting to be exposed. And that exposure made me feel unsafe and made me feel ashamed. This situation was the catalyst uh, to the excavation of shame in my life. One by one, the layers of the crystalline I created were being peeled away and tossed in the trash. Every day I would come face to face with an aspect of myself that had no real foundation. This inevitably affected my marriage. As I retreated into myself, I communicated less and less. Or if my husband would mention one of my shortcomings, I would get defensive and deem him unsupportive. The truth is, I already felt so bad about myself that any mention of my shortcomings made me feel even worse. As I started to become more exposed, I felt like I had to hide myself even more because I was ashamed. I could not be flawed. If we go back to the definition of shame, it says that, It's an intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. And that is exactly what I was experiencing when we had our first daughter. Even at that point, I still hadn't realized that I was dealing with shame. I just realized something had changed. I realized that, you know, my husband and I were having strife. And of course, I could have chalked it up to having children. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know, children changes things and yada, yada, yada. But mm, there's only so there's only so much you can blame on children, because at the end of the day, it's still two adults, two individuals who 
um, can make a way around children, babysitters, and we can make time to connect. And I couldn't say, oh yeah, it was just my daughter. And that's the reason why, you know, um, it was really something deeper than that. And over the time, you know, we kind of just like worked through our, our, our situations and our arguments, but a pattern started to create. We were having the same type of arguments and, you know, over and over again, and we couldn't seem to like come to a resolution. We couldn't seem to like, you know, uh, um, we just seemed like, so like we were going opposite directions and, um, it just became a pattern, it became a pattern until we got here to this place. And now that we've had our second daughter, it kind of came back up again because, like I said, when you have children, the dynamics change and circumstances change, communication changes, all these things change. And again, things kind of come up. And what I realized this time is that I started to question why, why is this happening? Why is this happening? What is it? What is it? And that's kind of how I came into this like awareness of like, oh crap, I'm dealing with shame. Now, to be honest, my first reaction, like, I don't want you guys to think like I'd be sitting here in my office and thinking like, hmm, how can I make myself better? How can I, like, I will be lying if if I said that was true, because it's just like, yes, I do think about those things sometimes, but I'm not always in my life trying to figure out how can I make myself better. Sometimes it's just situations in my life that give me an opportunity to choose if I want to make my life better, right? I'm not always just seeking to make my life better. And I'm grateful of the situation, but to be honest, my first response when it came to like being faced with this, um, having this self-awareness that, oh my gosh, I'm dealing with a deep-seated, rooted issue of shame. To be honest, my first response was shame. My first response was to hide. And my first response is to go into all of my, um, go into all of my different ways to hide, right? People can hide in food. People can hide in sex. People can hide in uh, overindulgence of TV or social media. And I tried all those things. I tried to forget it. I tried to unsee it because I, I did not think that I was brave enough. I still don't think that I'm brave enough or have the courage to face this, this, this part of myself and to actually heal it and correct it. It's, so big it's so scary it's so deeply rooted like I don't even want to face this thing um so my first reaction was definitely shame and definitely like rejecting this thought like no I'm not dealing with this I'll just forget about this and put it to the side but over time in the last two weeks or so I've just been thinking about like dang there's a life that I want there's a life that I want for my children There's a vision that I have of my marriage. There's a vision that I have of me as a friend, as a daughter, as a a businesswoman. And I don't think I'll be able to fully have those things come to fruition if I do not deal with this thing. Because shame robs me of the authentic version of myself. That means that I would not be able to fully be creative, fully be innovative, fully bring myself into parenthood and motherhood, fully bring myself into, you know, being a wife. I will always be bringing a version of myself, a piece of myself. And that is not the life that I want. And that is truly the only reason why 
at this moment, I'm trying my freaking hardest to push past this very, very uncomfortable feeling and to move forward to healing so that I can actually fully enjoy my life and to fully enjoy the vision I have for my life. I feel like this is something that I have to address, something I have to heal in order for me to move forward. There's no way I can go around it. So once I once I became aware of this issue of shame and kind of was processing it for a couple of weeks, um, I finally brought it to my husband and I told him because I knew that he knew that something was off. And I saw him trying to connect. I saw him trying to come closer to me and I kept pushing him away. And I was just feeling so bad. And I was just like, let me tell him what I feel like is going on. And I told him, and of course he was empathetic and loving and supportive. Um, But I also told him that I do not think that it would be best for me to deal with the situation with him. We have been married a long time. And to be honest, we have been each other's therapists when we had no money, when we didn't have, you know, people we can trust or whatever. We have been each other's therapists and we would just literally like talk to each other and like until talk each other's ear off until, you know, we were healed. And um, and that has worked for a long time. Um, But for this particular situation, I did not feel like going to him as my therapist would be the wisest decision because a lot of the shame triggers that I'm having is coming from our relationship. And I don't know if I can be triggered and healed at the same time. And he did not take it personally whatsoever, but I was just like, I think I need to have a, I think I need a therapist. I think I need to talk to somebody, a professional who is not in my relationship (laughs) Uh, to help me work through this issue because I don't think that I don't think it would be wise for me to lean on you 100% to deal with this very deep seated issue because I feel like I fear that I may be triggered while I'm trying to be healed and I don't want to have animosity towards him. So, what we decided was that I would return back to therapy and you know, work on this issue to help our relationship be better. Who y'all who? Oh, okay. I just felt like I said a whole lot. (laughs) I felt like that was so long winded and so much, but like I said, this is not going to be a polished episode. It's very raw. It's very real. This is what it is. This is real marriage. This is, this is what it takes to have a healthy relationship. Healthy relationships are only as healthy as the individuals. And in order for my relationship to be healthy, I have to get healthy. I have to heal. I have to deal with these past traumas um, so that I don't pass it on to my children, so I don't hurt my spouse. I did not want him to feel like I just did not want to connect to him and I didn't love him and I didn't want to be intimate with him. And him to feel like, you know, what is wrong with her? It's not his fault. It's not. It's just my own things that I have going on with me. But but that's real marriage. 
So to end, um, if you think that you may have issues with shame or, you know, it's affecting your relationship or anything like that, I would definitely tell you to start with her very first book, The Gifts of Imperfection, and it's by Brene Brown, Dr. Brene Brown. Um, but she talks about specifically how to deal with shame. And there's three basic steps when it comes to handling the emotions of shame. The first one is reckoning. Um, and I'm going to read it how she has it here. This is where mindfulness and self-awareness come in. In this step, you realize you're having an emotional reaction to something. And the idea is to become curious so you can explore it more fully. So I guess I'm in the first stage of reckoning, which is like, oh crap, I have this issue. The second stage is rumbling. Now that you recognize this emotional reaction, it's time to pay attention to the narrative or story you're telling yourself about what just happened. What's what's true and what's not about the dialogue you're having with yourself in your head. This is all about reality checking. The goal is to have a new understanding of your thoughts so you can act, not react in situations. Number three is a revolution. Now that you're noticing your reaction and the faulty thinking associated with it, it's time to change how you're interacting with others. So those are the three basic steps when it comes to addressing addressing shame. That's reckoning, rumbling, and revolution. If you can relate to what I'm talking about at all, um, first of all, you can reach out on social media. Give me a quick little, you know, at Black Marriage Therapy, a little DM. Um, you can also pick up this book by Dr. Brene Brown, The Gifts of Imperfection, and have it change your life. Um, I'm like halfway through the book now, um, and it's already teaching me so, so much. To end, I would like to share with you guys all a quote by Dr. Brene Brown on vulnerability. Vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Black Marriage Therapy. If you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Black Marriage Therapy. Thanks again for listening and see you again next week.